God. Glory to God. Where is the music coming from? Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, how's everybody doing today? Is the Holy Spirit good? God is good? All the time, all the time. God is good, amen. Hey, uh, we're in the middle of hot sauce here. Uh, today I want to bring a message to you entitled, Stay Hungry. Stay hungry, my friends. How many of you know that we need to stay hungry? How many of you know that the kingdom of God is a kingdom where only the hungry eat? If you're not hungry in the kingdom, there's nothing for you to eat. Well, I mean, it's there. You're just not going to partake of it. We need to stay hungry. We need to be a people who train ourselves to stay hungry. And I'm not talking about food, although we'll be talking about food today. We're talking about staying hungry for the Spirit, staying hungry for God, staying hungry for the Holy Spirit, staying hungry for all that God has for you in your life. Yeah. Amen? All right, let's jump into some scriptures here. When the day of Pentecost, this is some, we, we are jumping back. We've been going through, um, we've been going through the book of Acts. We've been talking about a lot of different things that go on. And there's one thing that we've kind of glanced over a little bit. We've talked about it a little bit, but I want to go back. I want to hit Acts 2 again. I want to read through Acts 4 again a little bit. And then if we have time, we'll continue on through Acts 5 and 6, uh, however far we can get today. Uh, but let's jump back to Acts 2. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. They had perfect unity. They were all in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were seating. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here we see that they were filled. Somebody say filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And then something extraordinary happened. It didn't happen before they were filled. It happened after they were filled. And so they were filled. And so I'm kind of emphasizing something here today, guys. They were filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then something incredible happened. Acts 4.8, we reread it. It says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say filled. Yeah. Filled. Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he spoke this word, rulers and people of Israel. And we went through this whole speech that he gave and the boldness with which he spoke. But he did it, why? Because he was? Filled. Yes. You got it. Good job. Because he was? Filled. Come on, you guys are doing great. This is good. This is good. Acts 4.31, right? This whole thing happens. They take Peter. They bring him in. They tell him to stop preaching in the name of Jesus, and they let him go, and then they go back, and then they pray. And it says, when they had prayed, the place that they were shaken together, uh, that they, that the, the place where they were assembled with, together was shaken, and they were all yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. And so they were filled and then something extraordinary happened because they were And so we need to be all the time. It's great. You guys are preaching half my message today. It's fantastic. Filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what, this is what Ephesians says. 
Paul gives us an exhortation in, in Ephesians. He says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, unholy living, sinful living. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what, and what, what he, he writes here is a lot of what will happen when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. How many times do we just walk around the house, you know, we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we start speaking to one another in songs and hymns. You are my champion. God, you are good all of the time, all the time. You just start singing. It, it's, it's a product of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not because I'm good at singing. My family knows. For the longest time, I couldn't keep beat. I'm getting better by the grace of God. Couldn't carry a tune in a basket. I'm getting better by the grace of God. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of Christ, uh, in the name of our Lord Christ Jesus. Give thanks for all things. Give thanks for all things. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the rain. God, we thank you for the sunshine. God, we thank you for the wind. We thank you that there's no wind. Thanks in all things. Not just the things you like. God, I thank you for the pea soup last night. Some of you like pea soup. Some of you don't. I'm not saying that I'm either way. Just throwing some things out there that are highly questionable. God, thank you for the anchovies on the pizza. <laughs> God, thank you for the pineapple on the pizza. Oh, no. God, thank you for the Yankees. What? <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for the Red Sox. <laughs> Those are fighting words, Pastor Matt. Not even a baseball fan. This is, this is great. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask my wife to come up. What does it mean to be full? How do we know when something's full? Are you guys filled with the Holy Spirit right now? All right. I'm going to have you stand on this side. And I'm going to move this out of the way. Give me one second. It's a heavy pad. It's a heavy podium. All right. How do we know when something's full? Is that full? No. That's not full? Okay. Is that full? Would your mom say that was full? Yeah. And she'd be right. When you're, when you're carrying sodium for your house, through your house, that's full. Don't be going, don't be going filling your, your cup of soda to as full as I'm going to fill it, saying, Pastor Matt said it's not full. Be blaming me for spilling soda on the carpet. I don't need that. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I didn't do this demonstration when they were five. But there are some younger ones in here, so. Is that full? Not, no? Not yet? Is it full? Is it full? Are you sure? Let's see. Wait, 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 wait. Is this full? What happened? I bumped into her. What happened when I bumped into her? Something came out. 
What came out? Whatever was in the container. What came out? Guys, this container is who we are, right? And this water is the Holy Spirit, and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit so that when life bumps us, glory to God, and the Holy Spirit comes out. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. When the bumps come, because they're going to come, when the trials come, because they're going to come, Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So when the trials come and they bump us around, what spills out? Whatever spills out is what's on the inside of us. Do we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, or are we filled with something else? Are we filled with anger? Are we filled with bitterness? Are we filled with hate? Are we filled with rejection? Are we filled with ourselves? Thank you, honey. Glory to God. All right. All right. I'll move this, and then I can move this quicker. Guys, what are we filled with? Is it important to be filled? Why is it important to be filled? Because when we're bumped, when trials of life bump us around, when the trials of life, they come and they bump us around, and we know that this is going to happen, I'll guarantee it to you, man, on the way home, you're going to pull out of here and somebody's going to just do something on the street and you're going to be like, ah, and the holy, something on the inside is going to come out and you have the choice right now to decide what it's going to be. You decide beforehand. You can't wait until you're in the moment to decide what's going to come out. You decide way beforehand. You decide right now. When that trial comes, when somebody cuts me off, when somebody's, you know, pushing, pushing me, pushing a, me out of the way in the supermarket when they've blocked the aisle and I have to wait and I can't get down the aisle to go where I've got to go because they got their cart here and then they're shopping here. We go on and on about this all day. When that coworker who you just can't stand comes over to your cubicle for the 37th time today. There's all kinds of, <laughs> there's all kinds of bumps. And just when you think you figured them all out, there's a new one. I have a message for you. The bumps don't ever stop. Coming to Jesus doesn't remove bumps from your life. But coming to Jesus allows us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the purity of who he is so that when the trials come and we're bumped, it's him who comes out of us and not our own selfishness. If we're filled with selfishness, when trials come, bad things come out. Ugly things come out. You don't want to see what's coming out. Nobody wants to see that side of us. But when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, joy comes out. Peace comes out. Kindness comes out. Compassion comes out. And so we are to always be filled with the Holy Spirit. How full do we need to be? How full do we need to be? What is filled? We need to be full until, like Jesus said, there are rivers of living water flowing out of us. I want to be so full that I'm just overflowing, and everywhere I go, I'm getting people wet. And they're like, what's coming off of this guy? And they're going to notice because most people walking around don't have the Holy Spirit coming off of them constantly. But if the Holy Spirit is constantly coming off of you, 
people will take notice. And then, just like Peter, just like the apostles, we'll have an open door to say, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. But if we're filled with self and doubt and unbelief and whatever else you want to stick in there, and those things start coming off, now you just look like the world. Now they're not amazed. They're really kind of like, whoa, I don't want to be anywhere near that. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we are walking with Christ, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are very attractive. People are naturally attracted to us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. When I first came to church, I, grew, I, came, I went to church my whole life. When I first came to a church where we were filled with the Holy Spirit, I realized, like, man, Everybody here is good-looking. You guys are all good-looking. How does it happen you take 100 people and put them in the room and they're all good-looking? I figured it out. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes us attractive. The Holy Spirit causes us to get rid of the junk on the inside, and then we look good. How many of you know that if you have hatred bottled up on the inside, you've got a certain look on your face, and it's not pretty? <laughs> I'm not kidding. You look at somebody, and you can tell them, man, he's, he's dealing with something. Or do, is, your, is your face just the shining face of joy? Let me read this to you. I wasn't planning on reading this, but this is great. I read this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. I'm going to start in verse 4. Watch this. This is fantastic. Paul's talking about the Old Testament and New Testament here, and, he's, he, and I'm just going to, it's kind of jumping in in the middle. My point is at verse 7. I'll let you know when we get there. I want to read from verse 4 so you kind of get an idea of what he's saying. He says, And we have such trust through Christ towards God that we are sufficient of ourselves, we are that not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, new covenant, new testament, not of the letter, which is the old testament but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. Watch, here's verse 7. But if the ministry of death, he's talking about the Old Testament, ministry of death, wow, written and engraved on stones, right? Moses went up on the mountain, received the, the letters engraved on stones, was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. Let me finish reading. Okay, I get so excited over Scripture. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Holy cow, guys. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, 
that which remains is much more glorious. Here's what Paul is saying. This is fantastic. I read this the other day. I'm come unglued. The Old Testament had a glory to it. Paul refers to the Old Testament as the ministry of death. It, this is not kind. He's not being kind to the scriptures, which he had, which he was a proficient expert in. If the ministry of death brought glory to Moses, so much so that his face shone so that he had to put a veil over his face because the people of Israel couldn't look at his face because the glory was so intense that they couldn't handle it. And that glory that he had was fading away. This is what Moses, how much more glorious is the glory that we receive, that you receive, that I receive from the ministry of righteousness, from the ministry of the New Testament, a glory that doesn't fade away. It, there's no fading. It gets stronger the more we walk with Jesus. Moses put this veil 40 days later. He could take it off because the glory had departed. Our glory, guys, it doesn't fade away. It just stays and it grows and it intensifies. So much so to the point... He walked with God and he was no more. Glory to God. Come on. Come on. Oh, man. How full should we be? How full should we be? I can still see your face. I can still look at you. It doesn't hurt my eyes to look at you yet. It's <laughs> It says that the Israelites couldn't look steadily at the face of Moses because the glory that shone off of them. Guys, I can still look at all your faces. I don't think you're full enough yet. <laughs> glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You guys have seen this. You're in a place, could be a restaurant, could be a coffee shop could be the grocery market, and you see somebody walk in, and you're just like, there's something about that person. There's just something radiant about that person. We all have the privilege and the opportunity to be that person yeah. who is so radiant. Yeah. All we need to do is fill ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Good. It's up to us. Yeah. We have to stay hungry. Yeah. We have to stay hungry. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, his very first message, Beatitudes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are we hungering and are we thirsting for righteousness? My wife's a fantastic cook. How often should we eat? How hungry should we be? My wife's a fantastic cook. She makes amazing meals. I'll sit down at the table, and I'll eat, and I'll eat, and I'll eat until I'm full. And then I'm like, man, I'm full. I can't eat anymore. And so then we'll sit at the table, and we'll talk for another 10, 15 minutes. And then we'll get up, we'll clean our plates, put our plates in the dishwasher, whatever, clean up a little bit. And then I'll go to the chip drawer, and I'll pull out a bag of chips. <laughs> and my wife's like, did you, were you, not, did you not eat enough? Were you not hungry? Was, did dinner not taste good? There's, there's, you know, questioning because I didn't, now I'm eating again like 15 minutes later. 
was the dinner not, no, it was fantastic. Like that was the best, I mean, that's the best spaghetti sauce on the planet. You know, we sprained an eyeball eating this food. It's so good. Good food. And then you eat till you're full, but then, you know, five minutes later, I'm hungry again. I need to eat again. Let me eat again. I'm going to eat again. I'm going to stay full. I'm going to stay full. I'm going to stay full. And so it's no different than our life. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I wake up. I listen. I, I, I listen to some music. I read whatever it is that I do. You know, I do my morning devotional. And then I go out and I go about my day and I go to the coffee shop and I have breakfast with somebody or I meet somebody or maybe I'm just out and about and, you know, I get bumped around a bit. And I spill a little bit. And I get back in my car. Now I need to be refilled. And so I put on some worship music or I start to pray. I'll go two, three hours on a, on a ride and I won't, I won't even put music on. I'll just pray for two hours. Because you just, you got to do what you got to do to stay full. Get filled. Refill. When I was watering the plants, it would just pray as I'm working. Sometimes you have a job. Sometimes you're doing a task where you can pray and be filled while you're doing what you're doing. We need to be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst for more of God. Psalm 84. Glory to God. Glory to God. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Does your spirit cry out for God? Is your soul crying out desperately for more of God? Listen, I spent time with Jesus yesterday, but that doesn't make a difference because today's challenges will not be met with the grace that I received yesterday. Jesus gives fresh bread, daily bread. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Give us today our daily bread. Daily bread. We need, we need to be in the presence of God daily. Daily and hourly and eventually moment by moment, even so much so to the point where when we're being jostled and and tried, and the, we're being spilled out, we're already being filled back up. And so it doesn't matter how many bumps we hit, it doesn't matter how many trials we have, because even as that water's spilling out, and everybody around me is getting wet, I'm getting filled back up all the time, so that I'm just full. And now there's a river of living water flowing out of me, it's actually just flowing through me. It comes from him, and it goes to wherever I am. This is how we're to live. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Have you ever cried out to God? Yeah, we all probably have. How often are you crying out to God? Are you crying out to God saying, God, fill me. God, fill me. God, fill me. God, I need more of you. God, I need more of you. Yes, there's a moment. Yes, there's a time to go and do. And we have filled our schedules, and we all, we all have this thing where we go and we do whatever it is. It's called life. 
But we need to be filled while we do it in order to get results. And why do we want to be filled? We want to be filled, yes, because we want to touch others. We want, we want to touch them with what God wants. Because how many of you know, as much as we have places to go and we have things to do, that while we're there, God has people for us to see and things for us to do. You thought you were going to buy groceries, but really God wanted you to pray for that cashier. You thought you were going for coffee, but really God wanted you to speak to that barista. You thought that you were going to work, but God really wanted you to minister to your coworker who's come over to your cubicle for the 37th time today because they're having a bad day and they see the glory of God on your face and they know that you've got the help that they need and they don't know why they want to keep coming to your cubicle. They see the glory of God on you. That's why they're around you. You know, it says misery likes company. Well, people that want healing will go to those who have the ability to heal them without even knowing why they're going there. Acts 4.33. And great power came upon the, the apostles, and with great power, I'm sorry, and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all with great power. Guys, sometimes the problem that we've had in trying to share the gospel with others is that we've gone and we've shared the gospel without the power of God. We can do it, but our results are going to be so-so. When we go and we minister and we bring the gospel with the power of God, our results are going to be extraordinary. Because what happens is when we bring the gospel with the power of God as it was intended, as it was intended, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1, Jesus said that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he said, and you will be my witnesses. You will receive power to witness. And so when we witness with power, we're witnessing with Jesus. We're witnessing with the Holy Spirit, and he backs up what we say, and nobody can, nobody can come against what God does. They can come against what we say, but when the Holy Spirit moves, they can't come against what God does. If I say something in the natural, someone can have an argument. But if I say something and the Holy Spirit backs it up, they don't even want to have an argument with me. They were, they're just, man, what you're saying is making a lot of sense. Of course it is. The Holy Spirit's on you. It's not even me. It's not what I'm saying. Don't take credit for what the Holy Spirit's done. <laughs> one of the powers, one of the benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that we have the ability to move in great power. This may, be, this may show up as uh, words that you share, words of wisdom, just supernatural knowledge that you share with somebody, and they're like, wow, that's good. This may show up as miracle signs and wonders. We're going to read in, in, I think, the next scripture, miracle signs and wonders followed the apostles, right? It could show up like that. But we have to apply our faith and put it into action. We sang that song. I think I wrote it down. I did. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. 
oftentimes we're waiting for the miracle so we can open our mouth. When all along we're supposed to be saying, Jesus, and then the miracle comes. Open up your mouth. Can I pray for you? God, bring healing to this leg. And then the healing comes. The miracle happens. How did that happen? God happened. God did it. Just start opening up your mouth. Hey, can I tell you? Can I pray for you? Can, what can I do? Can I help you? And then God shows up. And then, and then God shows up. Open up your mouth. Too often, we shared a little bit about this last week, too often we wait to hear a word of revelation from the Lord. Go to the street called Straight, and in Simon the Tanner's house, you'll meet a man named Saul. We're waiting for this supernatural revelation when God had already said, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Two questions. Are you in the world? Yes. Anybody here not in the world, please raise your hand. No hands going up. Okay, everyone here is in the world. Done. Do you see a creature? Okay, why aren't you preaching the gospel? You're in the world, you see a creature, you preach the gospel. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. So there's only two qualifications here. You see, you're in the world, which I, I know we've had a little bit of space travel recently, but I don't think any of us were on the plane or shuttle or whatever they call it now. None of us went to space and left the earth. We've all been on the planet. We've all been in the world. And we're all seeing creatures every day. Beautiful new creatures. Creations of God. Preach the gospel. When we open up our mouth, awesome things happen. Awesome things can begin to happen. Last week we prayed for Amy's back. Amy had... Um, She's pregnant, and she's got the baby sitting on her back, and she was in a lot of pain. Uh, and she went to chiropractor, I think, and, you know, did whatever, and she just couldn't get any relief from the pain. And so last Sunday, we brought her up, and Josh prayed over her. Oh, several people prayed, but I really feel that Josh has an anointing to pray over back pain. And so if you have back pain, have Josh pray over you. Um, Amy had called me earlier in the week. I had called Josh and said, Josh, pray for Amy. And he's like, I don't know who she is, but I'll pray. <laughs> he sits over here. She sits over there. She's usually in the children's church. It's fine. He said, I'll pray. And he prayed. And that didn't really work. But on Sunday, I got Amy and I said, I want Josh to lay hands on your back. And he, and he did. And I prayed too, but I'm not giving myself any credit. I'm actually pointing to another. And so... By Monday, we got a message from Amy. I've, my back's a lot better. All the pain's not 100% gone, so you got to pray again. All the pain's not 100% gone. This is what we do. All the pain's not 100% gone, but where she couldn't find relief with the chiropractor, with any natural means, God brought healing. God brought healing. It's good to remind ourselves of the victories that God has won. It's good to remind ourselves. It's good to keep a tabulation of testimonies of what the Lord has done. The Bible actually instructs us to do this. Remember what the Lord has done. Throughout the Old Testament, he said, set up memorial stones, set up pillars. We need to remember the testimonies of God. We live differently when we remember what God has done. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. It wasn't too long ago. October 2019, I believe. 
Healing broke out here. Elizabeth's knee was healed in the middle of service. We prayed for people. Seven other knees were healed that morning. Seven knees were healed. It was all the left knee, right? No, it was the right knee because God came back to heal everything that was left. I don't know. It was the left or the right. I'm confused. God healed knees. Little two-year-old prayed over Kathy Shimmerhorn. Her knee was healed from that day. Four-year-old. I'm sorry. Four-year-old. Four-year-old. Nobody else laid a hand on Kathy. Just that four-year-old. God moved. Knees healed. Hearts have been healed. The pacemaker is gone. How'd that happen? Elbows healed. Pain gone. This is what God does. It's good. We need to remind ourselves, what has God done? Because what he's done before, he'll do again. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what I know about God is that he's done it before, he'll do it again. He's healed before, he'll heal again. And so I'm going to keep praying. But what happens is we shut ourselves down. Some, somewheres along the line, we pray for somebody, and they don't get healed, and all of a sudden we're like, well, it just must not work. No. We just don't understand what God is doing from the beginning to the end. I don't know why people don't get healed. I can't tell you why. Um, what's the guy's name that you're reading? Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin says in his book, he, he prayed for, he had a great healing ministry. He prayed for his relative and they didn't get healed. And he, he asked the Lord, he said, God, why didn't this person get healed? And he, God responded and said, that's between me and me and them. If I wanted to tell you, I would. And so sometimes there's a reason, but God doesn't show us. And I can't guess. I can, but what happens when I guess is I hurt everybody around me. I mean, if I'm going to start guessing, I might as well just start throwing hand grenades and throwing arrows everywhere because all I'm doing is hurting people. Judith's son's wife new wife, was just in a car accident, very, very bad car accident. Uh, she was airlifted to the hospital. She had broken her hip. Um, she had brain damage because there was swelling on the brain. Um, 24 years old. Yep, 24 years old. Uh, horrific. The doctors weren't sure that she was going to make it. It was that bad. And they consistently were telling uh, her, son's, her son, Costin, that Rebecca may not be the same person that, that walked in this you know, that went left this morning, you may not be getting the same wife back because of the brain damage, because of the, you know, she may never walk again. Judith stationed herself, and she got her scriptures, and she put them on three-by-five cards, and she just began to read the scriptures of God's healing provision over her daughter-in-law. And she just dug her faith in. She didn't dig her heels in. She dug her faith in and said, God's going to move. God's going to move. God's going to move. God's going to move. After a few weeks, they brought her from the hospital to a rehab center. When they brought her there, they had, to, uh, they had her in a wheelchair. They had to lift her legs as they were rolling her because her legs were not, she was not able to move them on her own. And then miraculously, miraculously, she just began to recover and recover and recover and recover. And she walked out of that 
rehabilitation center, and she went home, and she's getting better and healthier every day, and it's the same wife that Costin had that morning because someone dug in their heels and decided that they were going to pray, and they weren't going to let go of the promises of God. Sometimes we just need to get a hold of the scriptures, and if you don't know them, put them on three-by-five cards. This is a great idea. How did you learn in high school? How did you learn your times tables? Well, we need to know the scriptures way better than we know our times tables. Timetables mean nothing. But the word of God, heaven and earth will pass away. Times tables will pass away. Knowledge will pass away, the word of God says. But the word will endure forever. The word will endure forever. Learn the word. Too many times we pray And there's been plenty of times where I've prayed and I haven't seen the healing. I went and prayed for a a friend. I prayed with a friend for another friend and he passed away from cancer. I don't know why. I don't know why God didn't heal him. People have been healed and this guy wasn't. But I'm not going to stop praying any more than I'm going to stop using a garden hose to water my flowers because it kinked. I used to run a business, I used to run a garden center, and we used to spend about three or four hours in the morning, we'd break it up, and there'd be many of us, but we'd spend two to three hours each watering greenhouses with a hose. And so, you know, you're pulling the hose, and you, have you done this? You're pulling the hose, and you're pulling the hose, and you're pulling the hose, and all of a sudden, you're like, you're 100 feet away from the, the faucet, and then it kinks. And it never kinks right here where I'm working, The kink is 100 feet away down on the other end of the greenhouse. So I lay the faucet down and I walk all the way back to the other end of the greenhouse because you flip things and then you just ruin plants. And you twist the hose, you get the kink out, you walk back over, oh my God. And you finish watering, right? You keep complaining about the kink every day it kinks, kinks two and three, four, five times a day. Every time you, it just keeps kinking. And you're like, man, this hose, I'm going to get rid of this hose. I'm going to throw out the hose. So, okay, throw out the hose. you got 10,000 plants to water. Here, I'll give you a water bottle. It won't kink. Go ahead. I got two out of this one. I need another one. I'll go back and fill it up. How long? The hose is still the most, the hose is still the best way to put water on the plants. Sometimes you just have to deal with kinks. But you don't throw out the garden hose and stop using it because you got a kink. You just... Get the kink out, and you keep going. And so sometimes we just got to get the kinks out, and we got to keep going. When we don't see an answer to prayer, we don't stop praying. We just get the kink out, and we keep praying. When we don't see what we thought we were going to see, we don't stop asking God to do supernatural things. We just get the kink out of our faith, and we keep going. See, what happens is when we pray and something gets kinked, it's our faith that gets kinked. Our faith gets shut off. Our supply gets shut off. We've got to go back and we've got to fix the supply. We've got to go back and we've got to get refilled. Jesus. Acts chapter 5. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among all the people. And they were with one accord. They were in unity in Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared to join them. But the people esteemed them highly, and the believers increased 
and believers were increased, added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. Many signs and wonders were done. Listen, you may see miracle signs and wonders. You may just see a sign and a wonder of the fact that you share the gospel and keep people come to Christ. That's the greatest miracle we can ever see. Too often, I'm not caught up. I could care less if I never walk on water, if I never see miracle signs and wonders, if I pray for people for the rest of my life and I never see another person healed. The greatest miracle that I could ever see is that I preach the gospel and somebody gives their life to Christ. That's the greatest miracle. That's what I'm on board for. That's what I signed up for, and that's what I want to see. Why is in America in the situation that we are? Because for far too long, there's been a decline in the morality of a nation, and a nation, a free nation, a nation of America, of freedom and rights cannot survive immoral people. And it's up to us. It's up to us to share with others, to get other people on board, to get other people to follow God and to live a moral life. It's up to us. If we don't do it, guys, nobody else is going to do it. The government will never pass a law that says, hey, you have to go to church. And if they do, it won't work. It won't work. It's up to us. It's up to you. It's up to me. We share the gospel with others. We lead them to Christ, and then they choose to live a moral life, and that's the way it works. It has to be a choice. You can't force it on anybody. It's up to us. It's always been up to us. We need to remember what the Lord's called us to, and we need to just go. Why did the Holy Spirit come? To add power to our witness. To add power to our witness. The Holy Spirit didn't come so that we could, as Pentecostals would say, shake, rattle, and roll. The Holy Spirit didn't come so that you could have goosebumps and feel good. The Holy Spirit came to add power to your witness. So that when you witness and share the gospel with somebody else, God adds power. That's why the Holy Spirit's here. Holy Spirit didn't just come so that you could receive the gift of tongues. It's a great gift. I pray in tongues a lot. Pastor Tom and Linda aren't here today. I can say, I pray in tongues more than you all. I don't know if that's actually true. Uh, Guys, it's a joke. The Holy Spirit didn't come just so that we could have tongues, just so that we could build ourselves up. The Holy Spirit comes so that it could add, add power to us so that we could witness and so they brought the sick out into the streets and they laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a great multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Somebody say all, all healed, all healed. We see this all the time with Jesus. I've read the, I've read the gospels many times and I was always amazed Jesus always healed everyone who was ever brought to him. Nobody that ever came to Jesus wanting something was ever turned away because they couldn't have it or because Jesus couldn't deliver. That never happened. The people that didn't receive from Jesus were people that didn't want to receive from Jesus. Any sick person that came to Jesus wanting to be healed, they were healed every single time. Never failed, not once. We see it here with the apostles. They were all healed, all healed. Everyone that came, healed. I think this is fascinating. Peter's, 
They're going to gather the sick people up in the streets. Imagine, if you will, here's the city, right? There's the temple, and then here's where Peter goes at night. And so they line the sick people up on the street, knowing that he's got to walk this way because they just want Peter to come walking down the street and get close because they know that Peter's got something. I don't think it was necessarily the shadow like... You know, here's the shadow, and it's the shadow doing the healing. It's the proximity. It's because they're close to him. They got close enough. They were close enough to Peter to be able to tap into that anointing. The anointing was just flowing off of him, and healings happened. It's awesome. Awesome. On your Engage card, it says, This week I will be filled with the Holy Spirit daily. How many of us are sure, make sure that we f- be filled with the Holy Spirit daily? How many times do we go a day without filling ourselves up with the Holy Spirit? Is that you this week? Do you want to make sure this week that you are filled with the Holy Spirit every day? Check that box. There's another box there. This week, I will walk in the power that comes from being filled. Here's a secret to being filled daily, guys, is to give away the, what you've been filled with. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. The best way to get filled again is to give away what you've been given. You can't get any more until you give some away. This glass will only hold so much water. And if you're not willing to give it away, it can only get so full. We need to be giving it away and then going back and getting full, and then giving it away. I'd be tossing the water if you guys aren't worse, all wearing such nice clothes out here today. you got to give it away and be refilled. Give it away and be refilled. Give it away and be refilled. This week, be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Give it away. Every day, every chance you get. You hear somebody complaining that their hand hurts? Pray for their hand. You hear somebody saying, oh, my back. Pray for their back. You hear somebody saying, man, life is tough. Just pray for them. Listen, can I pray for you? Hey, can I pray for you? What's going on? Take five minutes. We're so busy. We're so distracted by so many other things. God's putting people in front of your life that you can pray for. You can pray for. You can witness to. Do that this week. And as you do it, believe. Expect the Holy Spirit to do extraordinary things. Expect. When you pray, expect the Holy Spirit to do extraordinary things. Dig your faith in. Believe that when you pray, God hears and he will answer prayers because he wants that person saved more than you do. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've never made a decision to follow him, I want to invite you to do that today. Walking with Jesus is one of the most exciting things that you will ever do on the face of the planet. Walking with Jesus is just, it's, it's the most pleasurable thing you'll ever do. It's just, it's so much fun. There's nothing in the world that I'd rather do than be in the presence of God. There's no place that I'd rather be and be in the presence of God. And that's not necessarily here out in church on a Sunday morning. It's everywhere I go where I fellowship with him. 
and he is everywhere that I go, and I fellowship with the Holy Spirit every place I am. And so I live my best life because the Holy Spirit's always with me, and I'm always trying to fellowship with him. And the moments that are the worst are the moments where I get distracted from focusing on him, and I start to focus on my situation instead of focusing on him. There's things that I need to do that are put in front of me, and I do those things, but I do them with him. I'm always doing them with him. If you're here today and you've never had that personal relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to, to pray this prayer with me and begin this relationship with Jesus. Begin this walk with him. If you're watching with me online, I'm going to make that same invitation. Pray and say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins and that you would come into my heart and help me live for you all of the days of my life, that the Holy Spirit would take up residence within me and I would fellowship with you, have this deep relationship with you in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm gonna ask you to uh, check on your Engage card. Today, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you're watching online, you can click on the, Engage the online Engage card. You can check the same box, or you can send me an email at info at redeeminglovechurch.org. I would love to send you some information regarding the decision that you've made. Also, if you're here in the building and made that decision today, I would love to just talk with you and celebrate with you uh, about all that goes on. Amen? Amen. Uh, Elizabeth, come on up, receive the offering this morning. After the offering, I just want to make mention of this. After the offering, we are going to have uh, prayer teams up here on this side for healing and prayer teams up here on this side for healing. So make yourself available of that. If you have sickness in your body, if you need healing, uh, see the prayer teams that are going to be on either side. Also, um, there's just a couple of people that I want to touch base with. Uh, God's given me a word for a couple of people, so uh, don't run out of here. There's two people. Uh, Katie and, sorry, and Carol. So I want to pray for both of you um, afterwards, Elizabeth.